Welcome to the Service Design Podcast. My name is Jeroen de Peit. And I'm Laurent Somers. Today, we're welcoming a designer, creative researcher and futurist born in 1986 in India. She studied in Italy and moved to Brussels in 2012, where a few years later, she co-founded Brussels Avenir and accidentally also co-founded Plurality University Network, a global open organization that connects artists, designers, utopians and activists that use the power of imagination to enable alternative futures. Upon her arrival in Brussels 11 years ago, she actually didn't like the city for a long time. Today, as a co-founder of Brussels Avenir, a socio-artistic citizen lab that depicts collective futures images with and for the people of Brussels, she obviously is a Brusselaire. Welcome Kushbo Balbani, great to have you with us in Ghent. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. It's so, uh, so nice that, uh, that you're here in our studio in Ghent. Um, what is Brussels Avenue and how did you end up there? Of course. Um, so what we often say is Brussels Avenue is a playground uh, for Brusselers to explore futures. We try to infuse in the city ideas on how to do things collectively um, and why do we need to do things collectively. And this way we also infuse the ideas on futures and storytelling Um so yeah, uh, just to like the, the idea of Brussels Avenir is to trigger conversations and imagination on topics and thematics that are often not talked in the city or or are are, are just a taboo. Uh, we also um, try to gather a very diverse range of actors like influencers, artists doers and thinkers and, and normal citizens in, in this common space where they can collectively imagine futures for their cities. And just by doing so, they try to understand each other and the difficulties and, 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 and try to be more em empathic towards each other. Um, what Brussels Avenue does is concretely is exploring one topic at a time. We do a lot of research, uh, which entails going out on the streets, talking to people, talking to normal citizens, but also a lot of experts. From there on, this research becomes a departing point uh, where we imagine futures in lab avenues, but not imagining futures just by sitting around the table and talking. We actually bring in uh, tools like prototyping, role-playing, world-building methods, where we dive into with, with, with a group of participants into imagining futures. And then we try to depict these futures with artistic mediums. So... It could be a radio show, but it could also be an installation in a tram or it could be a, a, a TV show that we recently made. So that's what we do. Just um, what is very important in our work is to not to simplify the complexity of, of the problems. So we really try to understand the complex nature of the problems and how they are interconnected. And also it's very important that we bring in different kind of people in, in, a, in a setting because this way we, we tend to understand each other better. And I think... Starting from Brussels, bringing in together uh, a lot of different perspectives. Exactly. You you mentioned uh, the complex uh, things that people don't always want to talk about. Yeah. Does that have something to do with the fact you didn't like Brussels for a long time? Uh, 
Um, actually, no. Uh, it's it's just that <laughs> why I didn't like Brussels for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I couldn't understand uh, what's the binding factor. Like it it looked such a scattered city that there is bits and pieces of everything. Um, but what what is it that binds the city? There is no common identity. There is no uh, shared past. But this also became a very like an a point how we started Brussels Avenir. Like I remember meeting my my co-founder who also started Brussels Avenir with me, Ellen, and we were sitting and talking and talking about challenges of Brussels and how Brussels is not a place you fall in love when you just arrive and how scattered it is and there's no shared identity, there's no shared past. And we were like, what would it be to do shared futures for the city though we don't talk about shared futures anymore but that was like the starting point and that's how we started Brussels Avenir um yeah and also like how did I ended up in the field of futures is something recently I've been thinking a lot is coming from India and growing up there somehow there was always this acceptance of parallel realities Mm-hmm. and 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 like uh accepting the suspension of disbelief because um there's so many gods and mythics like and all the epics that are there and I grew up watching these um it was normal to accept uh this parallel reality and it always somehow intrigued me to this absurd details that are around i remember as a child also collecting this weird objects uh from a stone to a leaf to a piece of information and and somehow that brought me to the field of design and social innovation mm-hmm. but later on i felt like what would it be to create these fiction and stories yeah. and what if we all collectively start believing in it can that become a reality because in the end it's more people believing in it that it becomes a reality <laughs> so that's where i started exploring fiction and futures as a space as a format as a method to um to see how transformation mm-hmm. can happen yeah. I I really like that it's it's super super interesting as well as the the I think the personal stories that that draw you towards these these futures you're talking about um maybe for for listeners as well futures it's plural can you elaborate a little bit about the the idea behind the the name and also the yeah the what different futures can can be so i mean just as so many realities coexist in our present we believe it's not one future my future is of course different from your future and multiple futures are possible i i feel like this plurality of futures is very crucial in our work and that's why also we moved away from the idea of shared future in brussels i think of course we can like we can share the city but we we don't have just one future there will be multiple futures that will coexist and that's why we also in our work we often tend to uh, stay away from the notion of it's not the utopia or dystopia stories that we are creating we we are working on stories um just walking in the street i can see utopia and dystopia coexisting and that's that's normal that's 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 how we live and that's how the future will be so the kind of stories that we work on is like where utopia and dystopia are intertwined with mm-hmm. everyday everyday life and everyday life details 
um, where there is struggle, it's not that life is beautiful and perfect and rosy, but there are struggles. Yet there is a collective mindset uh, to make to make the change happen where alternatives are possible, where change is the only way to survive. So that's the kind of stories mm-hmm. we we work that's at Salavit. That's a very powerful idea to have futures uh, coexist. Yeah. Um, it's not something I, I've, I've uh, reflected on myself that much, that uh, it's not one ideal future you're projecting yeah. or the alternative, another maybe less ideal, but it's always singular. Yeah. And you talk about plural futures, also as um as a way of empowering coexistence and coping with each scenario Indeed, for each individual also when we we work on futures it's not that we are here to predict the future we don't know i think nobody knows what the future will be so all we can do is make come up with alternatives and these alternatives are diverse in nature and that's how when we make like in our recent work in our tv show we we see like alternatives which are contrasting from each other but they are there in the same show and 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 this is really the intention to show multiple diverse futures coexisting mm-hmm. the tv show i think you you mentioned it yourself i was just thinking about um a, an example you could give like this this dystopia and also the, the utopia vibe I, i really like the the um the focus on the details as well instead of maybe generalizing into one path really trying to explore different alternatives and options um and uh, i was thinking about uh, <laughs> the tv show can you maybe um yeah uh, concretize it a little bit like uh, how did what is the the topic about and what is what is being shown sure so we this the the whole idea started back in uh, october we gathered with a group of uh, youngsters youngsters which are under 30 let's say <laughs> uh, we gathered with this group and we started the discussion with um, with a prompt we had this uh, scenario on relationships and technology and how technology has altered how we relate to each other and it was a super interesting uh, discussion with a, with a group and from there on we departed in imagining scenes and world building and what the world could look like and the whole group came up with this very dystopic scenario called slesserb so slesserb was brussels in reverse mm-hmm. um and the idea that came up with the group was that the whole city is upside down technology has really overshadowed every part of our life it has deformed us physically but also mentally um there were some absurd ideas like people had spaghetti fingers because pe- people couldn't hold any more things on objects just because of overuse of technology we people couldn't make eye contacts people were smiling all the time because of the uh, selfie culture so a lot of these dystopic ideas that were part of this slesserb uh, in the year 2040 that came up and then in last may uh, this year in may we organized like a five days lab where we gathered people we presented them this lesser scenario and we're like okay uh, imagine that there is um, there is some hack that has happened and all devices get hacked in 2040 in slesserb 
and suddenly you start seeing something that makes you gives you some hope so what could this be and then the group started sort of um creating snippets like people started getting into groups uh, people had different ideas somebody wanted to make like a advertisement somebody wanted to make like a tele don't shop instead of tele shop <laughs> some group <Tele-gift> wanted <laughs> yeah <laughs> some group wanted to um do a cooking show uh, a dating show what does dating look like in 2014 in slasherb and and we created like several video audiovisual snippets and that we then brought it together into this tv show called 2040 slasherb show mm-hmm. so that's that's the slasherb show yeah Uh but yeah, the, yeah I could go in more details as yeah. well like what each of the snippet uh well well like but I think uh, then you have to go to the website Exactly <laughs> you can online. just watch the show is available <laughs> exactly, yeah. online yeah. It was on YouTube I think as well Yeah right? now okay. it's also available on the YouTube yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> Um I think uh, I want to go into the the process of of because uh, what I hear in your in your story as well the, there's a Uh, a broad element of collaboration also yeah. co-creation i think to, together with the real brusselers yeah. uh, um uh, trying imagining these futures but also translating them into something visual um, but maybe before we go into that i'm really curious when you do a project like that who are you presenting it for is it more towards the the same brusselers who are um uh, uh yeah uh, living in that world or could be living in that world or is it more also with legislation or more private companies or how who is is present at for example a, a presentation like that yeah so each exploration has of course a different audience um when we were working on the topic of diversity and living together in 2030 our final objective was the futures that we come up with should influence the policy making of the Flemish community in Brussels mm-hmm. because they they had funded the project and this was a project with them uh, and there we had this goal to work with policy makers yeah. but of course follow our process come up with future stories uh, try to bring diverse people in the conversation um and 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 there so that was the target audience uh but then when we were working on the topic of youth mm-hmm. we 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 involved a lot of youngsters but again it's brussels so we try to really reach to different communes different uh, youth houses to ensure that we really work with the uh, youngsters that is not from one group but like can can represent the diversity of brussels and there we our main target audience was youngsters of brussels but again it's it we didn't want to limit it to just youngsters talking to each other and mm-hmm. open it up as an intergenerational dialogue yeah. so often in our workshops we bring in artists youngsters love working with artists yeah. like uh, we try to uh, bring uh, vi- camera people professional video makers and this interaction is something that's really appreciated but we also try to bring uh, people from different generations to give views on what they think um the past was or the future should be and this is really valued in 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 the workshops so yeah uh each exploration depending on how we start with whom we start has a different audience but of course the the focus is always brussels uh, yeah. as as a context yeah and the people of brussels and the people of yeah, brussels yeah, yeah. 
in the beginning you mentioned it too the, um, the fact that you bring together people show that there's alternative futures possible actually makes them it helps them believe themselves that this future can be realities as well that they can experience by by working on it together too right so also yeah exactly also i mean it's it really when people different people come together they sort of it's funny like we often know that we are all different human beings but we tend to stay in our bubble and we we certain reality becomes a a norm for us but what happens what we see in these workshops is people really open up to different perspectives and they're like whoa there is a different way of doing living and working and this is really something that uh, they take away from our labs like they often tell us like i'm amazed to meet uh, somebody so different yeah. and we are often we, we wonder like wow like you know it's it's crazy how we don't realize it even though living in brussels where we see so many different faces and um uh, people so so yeah this is something that people really take away and uh, often people uh, end up working together mm-hmm. after our workshops like they tr- they collaborate at an artistic level or on a small projects uh, th- and that's also beautiful to see different people coming together and starting to work together yeah. it's a very early impact already instead that's, of waiting yeah. for the outcome of the project is actually the project the creation process. is the impacts yeah. yeah by doing so you get people into contact with each other and then and then they also uh, uh, learn from them and what what i really liked about what you said is that try to have the impact in the workshop and not really at the end by presenting them uh, uh stuff like that just a, a thought i had yeah no yeah. definitely i mean the the thing with personas makes me think at the beginning of the project um i remember ellen and i felt like you know who are we to talk about futures of brussels because in the beginning also we were attracting the same kind of people who have time resources knowledge to come to our workshops we're like but where is like the people we would love to talk on the street yeah. and it was really hard to find them in the beginning of the project so we we had this idea of of making a design thinking tool which we were like what if brussels was this village of 100 people who would this 100 people be mm-hmm. So we did this social demographic studies with Visa. We came up with 100 profiles that gives an idea of taste, let's say gives a taste of the diversity mm-hmm. of Brussels. And then we started finding these people in real um and trying to interview them and then we we built some 15 profiles at, uh in in the beginning. and we brought these people as personas as profiles in the workshops and i remember we were talking about climate and social inclusion and often what we saw in the past was people agreeing like yeah of course climate is an issue and we need to do something and you know climate change is happening uh, let's uh, let's eat vegetarian food let's bring more bicycles like these were just the same things that were coming in the workshop so the minute you had these personas you had this young um uh, unemployed mm-hmm. uh, person who 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 brought a voice in the workshop saying i don't care about climate change mm-hmm. i mean what i need is a job right now what i need this is my priority and and somebody was embodying this role and talking as if it's this person uh, from uh, in the future 
there was a silence there was yeah. a disagreement but also like suddenly an opening up of a different perspective exactly uh, and and then the ideas that come out are not like okay let's bring in more bicycles and eat vegetarian food yeah. but like something where it's beneficial to different groups mm-hmm. of society yeah, yeah exactly um because yeah of course I, i think in that way personas definitely have a, yeah. have a role and they they help you in in segmenting and really understanding who should be part of the yeah. of the user group and bringing in this confrontation was yeah. really uh, a good spark i've heard some confrontations already and um the dark uh, dystopian future you sketched for um uh, what's what's it again brussels in reverse um slesser slesser oh i, I will yeah i have yes. to practice that slesser 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 oh, right <laughs> we're getting there yeah. so for a slesser it's dystopian it's dark how was the mood that first day um Honestly it I feel like it's for the first time people sort of immediately felt that they need to bring a change. Mm-hmm. Somehow when you bring in a more uh, positive future scenario to them they're like yeah okay but this is this is all bullshit like you know this is they're not they, buying it. Yeah they're not buying it but the minute you give them this dystopic future we saw that the groups were like Oh but we can do this to change yeah, that we, we, we can don't do want that this. we, we want don't to change, yeah. there was this uh, yeah exactly a reaction. reaction yeah and that's super interesting that shows that people were willing to take the change in their hands yeah. and and they immediately started coming up with alternatives that could sort of make them live in this dystopia world it's not that this we cannot avoid it somehow people accepted that this is going to happen the way we we are afraid of technology today the way we don't understand and how mm. tech giants are c- controlling us maybe things will evolve in this direction but it it also triggered them to think of how they can survive and yeah. even thrive in this future yeah it's not detached from the current realities we see the the Isn't examples it? you gave i found uh, actually if you put all these elements together that is one of the futures we can imagine exactly. it's not that dystopian or or disconnected it, it yeah. triggers as well maybe the the fear people have like the silent fear about things that are happening in the world but it's it's interesting to use that as a starting point of the workshop to get some reaction yeah and then just see where it goes where it goes um, yeah <laughs> uh, but i i sense from you that that you're not afraid for that reaction you're you're just like let's let's discuss it let's let's open it up definitely i think yeah the the more you for me like in personally also i feel in the past i was always against technology and and, and i started wondering where it is coming from like why am i so negative and i realize it's mostly the ignorance the more i start reading about it the more i start to understand it i feel the fear is uh disappearing and i think this is what is needed like there is so much fear about the future uh, there is um uh, people people are apath- apathetic towards future like it's it's like okay no this is something i cannot do also recently or not it's not recently few years ago like many authors like noemi klein uh, amitav ghosh and few others called climate change as a failure of imagination and this really struck with us that it's when you when we when we talk to people and say like let's try to uh, do something about future they're like but this is not in my hand uh, it's, it's it's too big yeah it's, it's yeah, too big it's this is head, yeah. and there's also fear about the future mm-hmm. so this really is interesting for us like how can we make people comfortable 
uh, about the future it's mm. not like you something to be scared about it's maybe they don't have the right tools or the 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 settings where they can feel comfortable and that's where where the way we Im- also organize our labs it's it's a space of imagination so we are playing we are really crafting we are like let's just to be wild and imagine whatever uh, it it makes everyone sort of equal mm-hmm. and there is um there is no right and wrong mm-hmm. because we nobody knows what the future is like there is no true there is no correct so people really explore and that's that's where the the fun elements and also creative ideas come out i feel mm-hmm. and can you tell us some secrets or some secret <laughs> ingredients because when 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 i hear us uh, talk about um fear of dystopian futures i i think of uh, our social networks at the moment is where these messages of fear are spread yeah. um a lot of political parties but also people who are frustrated to vent their dystopian um thoughts yeah and other people agree but there's no there's little hope in there sometimes on social networks and the social network should be maybe a more a place of play or this this what's the what's the secret ingredient for you to or secret ingredients in your workshops that you can offer that perspective definitely uh actually it's not just social networks like if you even look at the entertainment industry all the science fiction series or or films everything that is made is dark and and somehow this I think it's needed it gives a message of about what's happening in the society but it also creates an apathy and a fear in people that yeah of course this is dark and who am I to do anything or what can I even do but we often like to give this example of uh, I don't know if you have seen the film back to the future Of so, course. <laughs> the first like, or the second or the third. The first. <laughs> so back in 1989 they made a projection of the year 2015 with flying hoverboards. And what we saw in 2014 that we were not there but we were really close. People really managed to create hoverboards that were not flying but almost suspended and 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 really making that happen. That really struck us. We are like, what if this is an example of innovation and technology? But what if we could create uh, attractive images of future where uh, it makes people to change the about climate change or about technology or about social uh, innovation in the city so that that's that's really interesting for us to bring in this artistic medium so also in our workshops we often don't gather people to say let's imagine future but we are like you know we are here to make a film we are here to make a tv show we are here to make music Uh, so we bring in this artistic mediums as a starting point but then through these mediums we bring in futures thinking and we bring dystopian scenarios we let them uh, imagine what are the alternatives and while they are also imagining stories we bring in a lot of wild cards and prompts that stretches their thinking and tries to also incorporate the complexity of of everything that's around us so in the end they make music they make films they make uh, tv show but they also you uh, 
they they open up this psychic space where they ask a lot of what if questions mm-hmm. and they yeah. imagine futures yeah I, i really i really like that and and i i um i feel it personally as well if you would ask me uh, imagine the future yeah. or would you, would you how how would you change things or how would you you do you have some ideas but it's it's such a big question and you have so much information that it's it's really uh yeah easy to feel overwhelmed i think Definitely. but i really like the element of play that you you put into not only maybe the workshops but also just the the story you tell and just say like it's okay let's make some some music or let's start from a scenario and and this is bad and you don't <laughs> want this and how could you change it and you really see the the hope there uh, as well and it makes it tangible uh as well i think Definitely. I I like how you unlock imagination again by by um, emphasizing the medium. Yeah. Like you're creating music, you Im- instantly think of you don't think of challenges. Yeah. When you think of creating creating music, you're thinking of wild different ideas. It feels open. It feels interesting. It's intriguing to to play with, and it's yeah. it's it's a different vibe than jotting down on post its. What solutions do you see for the future? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Because may- maybe building on that, um, uh, in our experience, um, working with, for example, uh, uh, yeah, legislation or government, but also or private companies, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to convey the story, right? And sometimes they expect it to be in a kind of structure, to be it in slides, let's say, or to be it in a in a kind of, a kind of way that they are familiar with. Have you have some experience with that, or can you share some some anecdotes of of projects that you say like, oh, we made some music, we made a video, but we also managed it to convey it to to people who are maybe not really familiar with with uh, this type of of thinking. So maybe then I can go to this project of uh, installation in the tram that we did. Basically, here the idea was to give um, a policy briefing for the next 10 years, like how could diversity and living together look like in 2030. So we were, of course, obliged to give a report, uh, a standard presentation, everything. But we pushed the people in the legislation to to support this installation in a tram where it's um, it's in a running tram you that you have an audio installation and you hear the tram from 2030 talking about the changes how the tram has changed how the interiors of the tram physical interiors of the tram has changed but also who are the people how is diverse people interacting in the tram what are the conflicts how do they overcome these conflicts so you walk in a tram and you put a headphone and you start listening to uh, the tram of 2030 talking to you and telling you seven different stories about different encounters that are happening in the year 2030 about different topics and different issues but there are so many details in there that can also give you hint about like you know about policies about changes that you could make in your organization in the end the futures is not there to predict to show that what 2030 look like but it's to change the present so that's really the aim as well so i i i we did get a feedback from many uh, politicians and Uh, legislative people who went to listen to these stories in tram that this was 
so interesting to reflect on their everyday work because they are sitting in their offices and talking about uh, how do you make different people meet but then like a tram you know it's it's a place where diversity meets every day how how can you make this space um, where it facilitates uh, conversations or discussions like in one of our story there is a stage for children to perform in a tram or there's um there is uh one one of the at one in one of the story it's like all the communes of brussels are getting married so it's like a long uh, banquet table that has been set <laughs> <laughs> and it's connecting different communes because in brussels we have this issue of disconnection between the communes yeah. uh, the north and the south is a big divide so so all these gives you an i like little hints and ideas of how do you sort of uh, solve the issues of present but of course through a playful way of like a long banquet or a marriage between north and south of brussels mm-hmm. that's what we are celebrating today so so yeah these yeah. little ideas sort of also trigger policy makers and legislative yeah. people So the medium was the intervention and you you invited the policy makers on that tram and on they, the they tram. just did and that. And they did that, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and also it was appreciated as like wow, we often take this tram and it's so boring, but if there is something like an inst- headphone that you can pull and listen to stories, it's so mm. cool. <laughs> and yeah, it's a that's amazing. Do you um in your experience with because you have you have done different projects with with this entire different groups and different uh clients as well um can you maybe share some learnings you have or some some challenges you you face that like ah oh, we tried that that didn't work that's not how to do it we really learned uh how to convey a story in a, a different way for example do you, do you have some experience to oh many to challenges <laughs> many lessons are every day <laughs> um like maybe i'll start with challenges first um one of the challenge we often feel feel like we we experience is the communication how how can we be consistent in communicating what we do what we want to do with such a diverse audience this is really like we we even said like we have to become like a communication octopus for example if you want to reach to young people you cannot be on facebook you cannot even on instagram uh, you you really have to have this one to one contact with them like I remember we had dropped some flyers at a youth house and nobody want like uh, we didn't get any registration for our workshop and then we went and we spoke in one of their event and they were like oh this is cool but you should have come before we like you uh, but your flyer was shitty <laughs> so, so it's like whoa okay thanks for being honest but <laughs> we cannot be everywhere but that's the reality you really have to adapt to the communication to different kind of audience then you're speaking to a policy maker and you you cannot uh, just go there with an instagram account you you have to have a deck you have to have a um, maybe a, some publication some research uh, so it's 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 tiring but you really this is a big challenge like how do you adapt and be consistent also in in always giving the same message in mm-hmm. the end what do you do and why do you exist So that has been the biggest challenge in our work. Uh 
Yeah, what else? Like collaboration. Of course, we want to do things with different people, but not everyone has resources and time to collaborate. So that's also challenging. How do you ensure that mm-hmm. different people can be present uh, with you? And then like last, like, I don't know, it's the last challenge, but like also an important challenge is um, doing futures, making future stories in a participatory and a collective way is very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We know so many futurists who are like work as an artist and create future stories. They do in-depth research. Uh, they're well-informed. The work they create is also well-informed and is also artistically way more edgy and um, let's say polished uh, because they have a control and they work on this uh, themselves or uh, maybe alone, but with a smaller group of creative people. But doing futures, making future stories like a TV show with whoever comes in, like who has never held a camera before, you have to give up certain control and, and it, an artistic control over the final product. But this is also something that we felt over the years that I think making together is more important than what the final outcome is. So it has been challenging, but at the same time, a good learning for us um, on that. But if, if I understand correctly, you're saying that the, the people you are inviting to the workshops, the, the, the analogy of let's make TV series doesn't stay an analogy. It really ends also into you pick up a camera, you let's film it, let's, let's exactly. edit it and they do it as well. Yeah. Sometimes oh. like they, we, we have somebody who is a camera person, but it's not that, that person responsible for shooting. Yeah. It's the participants because they are there to also make the video. Yeah. So they need to have that experience. Otherwise it's not interesting for them. So yeah. they just pick up the camera. They start making a scenography they have they do everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course there you you lose control over the 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 artistic uh, quality yeah. of yeah. the outcome i'm in awe yeah it's <laughs> nice it's it's um yeah but, but if we if we uh, can can go go on to like if if you see like oh we we lose control like what do you do like what how do you manage that uh, so Um, yeah, like how do we manage that? I would say be well prepared. Be <laughs> <laughs> like do your homework yeah, as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. For example, we did a lot of research. We did research on different ways of making videos in a group that doesn't know how to make videos. We sort of uh, wor- thought of a different content ideas. But then you just have to leave it to the group. You mm-hmm. can be well, prepo- well prepared and give it, pass it on to the group uh, in a way that you're not directing too much because mm-hmm. we don't want to direct too much and have like a space where people can uh, feel the ownership of making something. And, and it's beautiful because when you let them do it, then they talk about the show in a way like, whoa, that's me who has made it. Yeah. And they even like, we had youngsters 
who had then contacts in um, in 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 tv channels mm. and they talked to the tv channels saying i have made a tv show and i would like to show it yeah. so it also We're really taking creates, ownership exactly. and leadership on on so it creates that space also yeah. for people to then just take this project it's there mm-hmm, and yeah, yeah so it's, it's super interesting because you almost have of two stories let's say you're, you're you have the story that that you're filming and building but you also have maybe the deeper story of the people who are living what they're doing right now and and they will will uh, uh show it tell it be proud yeah. of what they have done and and that can maybe also have a, a more impactful change even though it's more personal as well exactly uh, exactly super yeah that's, that's because i'm just uh thinking uh, uh I'm, I'm relating to to our work as, as service designers. We 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 often do co-creation workshops. We often do um, uh, try to change something, right? But um, it's it's super interesting and, and quite new for me actually as well to to go deeper into that story and and instead of using this one or, or a couple of workshops to let's let's dive into an analogy. Let's use an example to maybe try to for them to live it as well and and do it and and. Uh, Yeah, it, it's interesting to think about what could that be like in an organization if uh, if we can manage to uh, to convince. I think it's hopeful uh, that, for us. Of, it's really <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we didn't start from a dark place this morning, <laughs> but I do feel some more hope in our in our work that we can. It's inspiring to really thank try you. to do something with that thought. What is what is um, something you really look forward to in the future? Wow. <laughs> Um, or futures. Or futures. <laughs> <laughs> so, like fu- futures as a practice, futures thinking and futures literacy is something that's really um, getting more and more uh, recognition. And I hear more and more people working on it, which is super nice. What what I'm sometimes afraid of is I I see a lot of tools being published like toolkits and uh, of different methods being put out there. I'm just sometimes afraid that people see tools as, yeah, okay, now I know and I can do it. So (laughs) I can take this toolkit Mm -hmm. and just do it, which is not bad. I I am all up for it, like go for it and and, and try doing it. But I feel what we need to infuse more is the mindset of futures thinking not so much the tools but like mm-hmm. how can we make sure that the practice is more put out there how do people embody this practice and and this makes me think like often we say how come in schools we are taught history but not futures literacy mm-hmm. which is so crucial like unesco at the moment has even called it like the skill for the 21st century futures literacy and this is so so important when you uh, like climate change or technological uncertainties should not be seen as an absence of future by young people rather it should be seen as a space to do something how can young people when they learn futures literacy say that whoa i can do something i have the power to to understand this complex problem and 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 come up with desirable futures for for my community or for 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 the city that I live in and also to futures thinking is futures literacy or futures thinking is not just about coming up with futures but also to 
be as as we already spoke like to understand the complexity and not be scared not be fearful about the future so what i really hope or i'm looking forward for the future is that futures literacy is more infused in our city mm-hmm. in schools in education in in our work like every, everyone can be a futurist not necessarily a professional futurist but a citizen futurist uh so yeah that's <laughs> uh that's that's cool and i think um there's a lot of of uh, of things to think about uh when i when i hear that as well i was also already having some some thoughts in my head about i think future literacy is also maybe for the youth as well an, an option to believe in themselves again and and see okay i have some power uh to change something let's do it not trying to understand every little thing but really enjoying the complexity as well and just see exploration let's play uh those kind of of skills but i was also thinking about uh your experience in brussels because you you've been there for some time you've done so much projects uh, how is your relation with the city today versus when you um yeah went to live there in the beginning like honestly if i don't if i wasn't working on brussels avenir i would have left the city a long time ago <laughs> just by working on th- on this project it's like i'm living brussels like I'm, i'm i'm breathing brussels every day and i think i need that relation with the city where i'm learning so much about it every day by meeting so many different people by researching so much about the city by imagining futures for the city i have a complete different relationship about it I'm so close to it. I feel like as if it's it's a home that I never imagined to be a home, but at the same time sometimes it feels like is it really a home like with so many differences that are there, like so many different identities that exist around me. I I sometimes feel lost <laughs> that where am I? But at the same time Brussels Avenue really grounds me and makes me think like okay, no, yeah, this is what i'm working on but at the same time it also makes me feel closer to the city so yeah. i'm i'm i feel very lucky to work on a project like brussels avenue yeah. of course and i think it's uh, you're not leaving <laughs> brussels soon <laughs> i think so too <laughs> all right great super nice to hear your story thank you for bringing that to us and uh, and to share the inspiration i hope we can spread the inspiration as well and i look forward to seeing more of brussels avenir thank you thank you it was a pleasure thank you so much